0: Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit praisecenteronline.com. Today, in my message, I want to talk about three young, bold men whose names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, You probably haven't really recognized those names, but if I said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... Okay, okay, but those names were given to them by the Babylonians, and their, their actual names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and I want to talk about these three guys, but first I have to tell you the story of how they got to Babylon, and how they were tested, and what, and what led to them to be so bold in their lives, and, and to, to stand through uh, some pretty tough stuff. So in the book of Daniel, we learn that, uh, and, and, and if you study the history of the Jews, you have... Uh, them continuing to sin and God saying, okay, I warned you if you just continue to live this way that that you're going to pay the price and as a nation you're going to be sold off back into slavery because God was insistent for their sake that they would follow his ways and and they didn't over time so by the time we get to the book of Daniel the people uh, of Judah have been attacked by the Babylonians and they've captured many of the people and drug them off to Babylon Uh, some people were left behind just to work the land but they were the poor people they weren't uh, participants in society as much as uh, as the, they took the best of the land and they took the best and the brightest of the young men. And some of those became servants of the King, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so, uh, four are mentioned by name, uh, the three that I've already mentioned, plus Daniel, who's, who writes the book. And in time, uh, as they're there, they serve in his, at his bidding in his court. But over time, this King has this, this dream that scares him. It's, it's very frightening to him. And, um, And so uh, in this dream, he sees a, a huge statue, and it starts out with a head of gold, and then it transitions from gold to silver in the chest, and then legs that are made of bronze, and then feet that are iron and mixed with clay. And so you go from the most precious metal down to things that are more common in this huge statue that he sees. And so... So he sees this, and as he's looking at this statue, a giant rock, probably picture a meteor, a flaming meteor, <laughs> like comes out of heaven and, and just comes down and strikes this, um, this statue at its feet. And when it does, because that's the weakest point, the whole statue is destroyed. And he's just disturbed by this. And so he finally speaks to uh, all his wise men. They can't help him. But Daniel helps him to understand what the dream means. And and each of the four medals represents, and you can actually look at world history and see that this prophecy from this vision that he had makes sense in terms of the types, the, the government, and how it worked out over the next 600, 700, 800 years or so, all the way through the Roman Empire. Which is, which is where it ultimately leads. So, so this becomes a vision of. Human history for the next eight hundred years, and so the head of gold uh he is is explained this is you nebuchadnezzar this is you're starting out you're the head of gold, and then it goes on and it just it talks about the next kingdom will come and it'll be a little inferior, the next kingdom will be a little inferior to that, and finally another kingdom, which we tend to think of the roman uh empire but it it was during the Roman Empire that things really got shaked up shaken up because guess guess well who showed up in the middle of the Roman Empire, right. Jesus Christ, and so uh, this is all starting to make sense. We, we, Daniel didn't understand what it meant, because this is all happening six 700 years before Christ, but now we know, because we can look, and, and Peter tells us, I'll just show you this scripture real fast, from Second Peter, uh, Peter 2, 7-8, it says the stone uh, that the builders rejected, and he is a stone, speaking of Jesus, that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. So Peter begins to describe Jesus as that stone, as that rock. And then the stone in the vision destroys all the kingdoms of this world and establishes a new kingdom. Now, you, you might say, well, that, that doesn't make sense because there's still kingdoms of this world. But what we don't understand is the invisible kingdom that Jesus came to bring is far superior and outshines every kingdom of this world. They seem important to us, but when you begin to understand the importance of the kingdom of God and how that all this stuff that is going on on this earth right now is just transitory, but the kingdom of God has been established, though it's invisible to us right now, it is powerful, it is real, and it is happening. And that's what's happening. When I describe souls being saved across the world in different nations the kingdom of God continues to grow and get stronger and more unified over time and we're part of that kingdom and even though the kingdoms of this world have been struck and are continuing to crumble before our eyes and we can watch it happen God is still doing great things through all uh through his kingdom and that's what it's about it says uh, this so this kingdom has already started it started when Jesus rose from the dead and it hasn't been finished yet but in the book of Revelation verse uh, 15 of chapter 11 it says the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever amen so, man, there's just so much that's packed into that, uh, that vision and what was going on there. So the king is glad that, that Daniel has interpreted this dream for him. And the next thing you know, the king goes out and does something really stupid, like just stupid like he should have seen that that he, he you know that God had given him uh, this favor that he had but he ends up going out and, and instead of respecting the god whose servant had interpreted the dream he goes out and he builds a 90 foot tall gold statue from head to toe now think think this through like i think i don't know how tall is the tallest building on natchi how many stories anybody know it's probably about as tall as that maybe you know nine stories think about this right 90 feet tall, all overlaid with gold. And so it goes through your head. Why would he do that after, you know, getting this vision where only the head was gold? Anybody thinking this through? Because he's trying to say, no, my kingdom will never stop, my kingdom will continue. It's, it's not like what God said it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. And now it goes even worse. And he says to all the people, not only that, but this, is, this statue is me. And everybody, when you hear the music play, you're to bow down to this statue, this image. And he tells them that they have to do that. If you have your Bibles, open them to Daniel chapter 3. And I, I should have said that already. So I'm going to start reading. But go ahead and keep your Bibles open because we're going to read uh, excerpts from Daniel 3, as we go through all of this. So Daniel 3, 5 and 6, this is what King Nebuchadnezzar says. He says, As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Into a blazing furnace. So, so this is the beginning of this Trial that's about to happen for three of the four of these young men that are there—Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego—as we know them. Let's pray. God, uh, speak to us through this message of of the reality of who you are. God, we sang this new song just a moment ago. Another in the fire, and I pray that every one of us will understand that that same God who showed up in the fire for those three shows up for us every single day. That you're with us, and God, that we would come away from this day encouraged of a God who is with us even through the hardest things we go through. In Jesus' name. You agree? Amen. Amen. So I just gave away the whole message. There you go. But I still want to talk for a while. I said, okay. <laughs> Time is different in Thailand. I came to find out while I was there, by the way. When you fly to Thailand, we left at basically Friday night, and you sleep on the plane, and you wake up, and it's Sunday morning. It's, it's like Saturday just disappears completely. And, uh, and you think, where did that day go? But then, at the end of the trip, Abraham and I saw the sunrise in Thailand uh, on Friday morning, and we also saw the sunrise on Friday morning. Fly, you know what I'm saying? Flying home, <laughs> and, and so we arrived basically in Seattle uh, about the time we left from on the same day. So time, you know, So you cross the date line, and time is weird. Okay, and uh, but but for, but even beyond that, while we're in the country. Uh, we had to drive to a place, uh, as I mentioned earlier, way up on the north border. It's uh, it's called Louis, is the name of the, the city, and it's in the Louis province. So the province and the city are the name, uh, same name. And uh, and when I heard that the Louis town of Louis or the city of Louis was in the Louis province, I couldn't help myself, and I had to start singing Louis Louis. <laughs> oh, and everybody just looked at me like, yeah. So. Everybody was thinking it, but they let me go ahead and make a fool of myself. So, so we go to Louis, and uh, or we we're, we're, we have to drive there. And uh, Gary, who's been here before, Gary Hayes, says, "Okay, it's about two and a half hours, two hours twenty minutes to Louis. It's not bad, not bad." And so we're all, "Okay, okay, we can handle that." So we get on this really curvy road, and it was hot, and the air in the bus wasn't working very good. And so we're driving along, and. And so now, it goes on a little further, and pretty soon, it's uh, two after two hours, somebody in the van told us, I said, well, how much further is it? They said, oh, about two hours. (laughs) And uh, so we're like, oh, well, maybe we need to stop and get some fresh air or something, so we did. So then, after two more hours, I asked again, well, how how long now? They said, oh, about 20 minutes, so another half hour passed, and finally, we got there after four and a half hours of driving what should have been two hours and 20 minutes. So what I'm saying is, time is different in Thailand. Even further, Gary at one point was sitting there and uh, of course Brent's been there before and he knows Gary real well. But Gary said uh, he needed to explain something. He said, I just need one minute to explain this. And five minutes later, he finished. So so time is different in Thailand. It was great traveling with my son Abraham, Uh, you know, I I haven't really had a lot of time since he's been living over on the west side to just spend quality time with him, really enjoyed it, and uh, I would introduce him to people as my son, and they'd look at him, and then they'd look back at me, and they'd look at him, and it was like, because he's 6'4", and I'm... I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm not. <laughs> and he's he just towers over me and you know, Hi son, how's it going? So so you know, it was very interesting and and while we were in a, a town called Chiang Mai, there's a young lady there named Oi and she um she we were getting ready to go out to do ministry and so her husband's driving and she's sitting in the passenger seat and abraham and i are sitting behind them in the in the seats in this minibus and so so uh she she after we drove a little way she turned around and looked at me and she says uh, uh, you were here before uh, with your wife, weren't you? And I said, yes, I was. And she says, "She says, ah, yeah. She said, your wife not come this time? And I said, no, she, she felt like she should stay home this time. She didn't feel led to come. And I said, but I brought my son instead. And she looked at me, and then she looked at him, and she looked at me, and she looked at him, looked back and forth three or four times. And then she said, oh, he not look like you. <laughs> and then she said, he's handsome. And she just left that there. Just... <laughs> the thing that strikes me the most about these amazing people that work with Think Small is how hard they work in these really tough places, bringing the gospel to people at, at sometimes great cost in their own lives and family, um, in places where the cost of being a believer is, is very high. It's, it's difficult. And in spite of the opposition and persecution, they face they make the most of the time and so it so in some ways when I say time is different in Thailand it's it's amazing how they make the most of every opportunity that where I feel like I listened to some of their testimonies and I turned to Abraham at one point and I and and it's going to sound like I'm being falsely humble here but I just turned to him I said I've done nothing for God you know what I'm saying in comparison when you heard these stories I went I feel, I feel so inadequate compared to these people who are working so hard for the gospel. And it, it's inspiring to me to hear these things. But, 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 and they do all of this oftentimes in places where it's, it's really difficult. In our text today, the time comes, the music plays, the people bow down like they're supposed to, but three guys stood all alone in that crowd, refusing to bow down. If you're caught up in your reading... You read the Ten Commandments this last week, and you know, of course, one of the commandments is you shall not bow down to any other idols or images. And God had taught them not to do that, and these three young men still knew the Ten Commandments, and they stood firm. And that's where we find these three heroes. So let's pick it back up in verse 13. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I think this is incredible, don't you? Isn't this amazing, the strength? These guys are being faced with being burned alive. And their attitude is, God's going to take care of us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. I love that attitude. It's so right. It's so good. Verse 19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with them, and his attitude towards them changed. And he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and outer clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Now, I suppose everybody here knows the rest of the story or are fairly familiar with it, but it's one thing to say you will not bow down to those idols, and you won't go along with the crowd, but when you're being tied up... (laughs) and you think, uh, you know you're going to die this horrible death. Uh, you know, sometimes we think to ourselves, this can't possibly be God's will for my life, <laughs> right? This, this can't be what God has for me. Maybe I should just go ahead and do this one thing now, and I'll just repent later. Does anybody think like that, or is it just me? Am I the only carnal person here? No. Like, I do that sometimes. I, I'm not saying I live that way, but sometimes I, in my mind I'll start rationalizing, and I'll start thinking about things. Like, well, how can, I, how can I, you know, still serve God but, you know, do this? And so it, it, there, I want to tell you about a guy named Det who is in uh, part of Things Small. We have a photo of him right here. By the way, just so you know, two years ago when we went, we brought them a lot of gifts, and we brought some this time too. But one of the things we did while we were there in country is buy a new video projector, and, um, and that's the video projector we gave to them. And and uh, he's working in that communist nation, and I had permission to show his photo, not the children's photos. But he's working in that nation, and he is just the most amazing guy. But anyway, he works with things small. He's again from this communist nation. He we listened to his testimony, which I'd heard before, but but uh, I, when I heard it again, and I was thinking even about this message today, it just kind of everything kind of gelled for me. He became a believer several years ago when his brother died, or excuse me, his brother was really sick and his mother sought all kinds of help and paid lots of money to physicians and they sought Buddhist monks and all kinds of people to help and nobody could help. And then eventually she went to somebody who was a Christian, they prayed and the brother was healed. And when the family saw that, that changed everything. And so ultimately debt becomes a believer. Um, But sadly, this same brother uh, a little bit later died uh, after debt had been in university for, for nearly four years. He was just finishing up university, and his brother died. And so debt goes uh, he, it's only been a week now since his brother died, and he goes in, but he's a believer now, and he's been a believer for, for a few years now. And anyway, he goes to take the test that's going to get him you know, it's like the final exam of, of the whole university. He was studying French language. And so he's studying, he's studying, and and he takes this test, and he's feeling, his head was swimming. He thought, oh, I did a terrible job, and they were were only going to give 22 uh, scholarships out of 3,000 people to continue on. And uh, he thought, there's no way, there's no way, but sure enough, when the test came through, he was number 22, and he was approved to get a scholarship to continue his education and to be able to uh, go into France for six months, paid for, so he could learn the language. And then he was, at the end of that, he's going to come back and be a professor at that same university. That's, That's what that all was getting him. And it was just an amazing opportunity. So about, he's passed the test about two weeks before all this is supposed to go down and he's supposed to graduate and get his diploma. Uh, The dean of students calls him into her office. She says, everything's great. This is super. We're excited for you. She said, there's just one little problem. She said, when you came to school here, you marked down under religion, Christian. You marked Christian. She said, "Uh, I need you to change that either to Buddhist or none. Just change that to Buddhist or none, and everything's okay. But you can't, you can't have Christian on here and he just he just was didn't know what to do he he said i can i have some time to to think about this and she said yeah so he goes away he prays for three days and just asks the lord what should i do and the lord gave him the verse from joshua joshua 1 9 be strong courageous and to him that was his answer so he went back and he said he said i can't change my answer that's who i am that's what i am and she said then you're kicked out and that's it you're done she booted him out of the school and he didn't even get his diploma for this four years even though he had passed everything and they just kicked him out he didn't get to go to France he didn't get a professorship he had no job you understand like like we don't face stuff like this and so so he's just dealing with this and uh and I I say now I think this way put yourself into his shoes for a moment how many times, again, do we rationalize things and, and when we come to places like that? You know, I could hear myself in my mind thinking, well, you know, I, I could think this through. I could have put down none because I say this all the time. I'm not religious. I just love the Lord. Right. Do you hear what I, what I just did right there? Do you hear I just kind of skated around the issue in my mind? And that's what I thought. I thought, well, I could have said none because I'm not religious. I'm not in a religion, I'm in a relationship. But that really isn't the point, is it? And I'm just expressing my own, like, I'm not saying that's what I would have done, but it, but I, I was a, it kind of concerned me how quickly my mind went there. Right? And we do that. We tend to think, ah, you know, let's, there's got to be a way around this, and I've already put in four years, this seems like a terrible waste. Surely God wouldn't expect me to waste this education. But here's what happens. Because so many times we give in to compromise. We do. Compromise is a a word with two parts. Uh, Com, which is a prefix that means with or together, and then promise. You hear that in there? So with a promise, with a promise. And so so a compromise then is making a promise and then just adding something to it. You start out with a promise. This is what I'm going to do. Then I'm adding something to it, and it becomes a compromise, right? A compromise. And so we, we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing even little bits of sin or compromise or ways of thinking into our minds where we think, eh, I can, I can fudge that a little bit. I'll repent later, or, or God won't think that that's bad. He, surely He wouldn't want me to waste my four years of... It. Are you tracking with me at all, right? Is this making sense? Or am I still let jagged? Are you with me? okay. So, so, what seemed like defeat, though, listen to me, this is what's so amazing. What seemed like defeat to debt ended up working out for victory. Because not long after he was, uh, and, and what a great turn of events, and as I heard that whole story, which I w- if I had time, I would tell you that one too, but I'll have to save that for another time. But through a turn of events, he ends up being asked to work with Think Small about five years ago. In five years' time, together with the team there in that, in that nation, they have won just this small team of three people, 45,000 people in a communist nation to Christ. Are you tracking? Now, if you ask debt today, is it worth it to say no to all that education, to do what you, he would overwhelmingly tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm so glad that things worked out the way they did. And I'm telling you that sometimes the things that you're going through right now and the things you're facing and the difficult, and the trial that you're in, it's a fiery furnace for you. And you think, what's going on? What's going on? Is God really with me? But He's with you. And, and I'm telling you, I know some of you are going through some hard things right now. And I'm not, you know, we're not going to try to compare to the hard things that debt went through, but our hard things are hard things. But it's the same God, He loves us all. These three Hebrew young people were were solid. They were faithful. They weren't going to compromise in the slightest way. They were bold in spite of anything that would happen to them. Verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. He can see into the furnace. He, no doubt, is wiping his eyes. He's, you know, heat waves and fire and flame and smoke. And, he, and he's counting. One, two, three, four? Wait, how many did we throw in there? One, two. And he's counting a fourth. And he keeps counting a fourth. And then he looks and he says, he says there's, the other one looks different to me. He looks like a son of the gods. He, there's another in the fire, church. There's another in the fire today. He almost had it right. It wasn't a son of the gods. It was the son of God. The son of God was in the fire. You say, well, how's that possible, pastor? Jesus wouldn't be born for another six, seven hundred years. Can I tell you that Jesus Christ has always existed? He's, he's, he's eternal God. He, he's. It's interesting from the book of Isaiah, it says he's the the everlasting father, and he's the prince of peace at the same time. Do you understand? He, God is, it's, it's intricate, it's connected, it's bigger than we can totally understand, but, but he has always existed. And yet he came into this earth a, as a baby, grew up as a man, died on a cross for us, rose from the dead. But that doesn't, even though he existed uh, as a man at part of that time there, he's always existed as God you know in colossians one fifteen through 17 speaking of jesus says he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created things in heaven and earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers rulers or authorities all things were created by him and for him he is before all things and in him all things hold together that's jesus that's jesus who we worship who we serve that's him he's always existed So he could be in that fire and he can be in the midst of your fire today in Jesus' name. You know, starting uh, um, next Sunday, we're going to start doing a a study in the book of Colossians. And uh, that book above all in the New Testament, reveals the supremacy of who Christ is. We're, gonna, we're calling the series Focus. We're going to focus on Jesus Christ for a period of time. Not like we don't always anyway, but even more so. And who He really is. And the supremacy He has over all things. And over our lives. And we're going to get more focused during this time. And we're going to focus ourselves, as we've already talked, that this year's going to be a year of upping our game when it comes to worshiping God. We're going to spend uh, more time pressing in to, to worship God The one who is over all things, who has been there from the beginning. Jesus Christ is God. He's always been God. He was always be God. And he could show up in that furnace with those three guys. He was there at the beginning. All things were created through him. And he will show up in the middle of your troubles in this day and age, here and now. No matter what persecution or fiery trials you're facing, he will be there because he has always been there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now God has the king's attention. I love this verse twenty six. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, "Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God." Hmm. hmm. Little turn of a phrase there, huh? Come, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, these are all these uh, you know government officials, governors, royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Nor was a hair of their head singed. Their ro- man, my hairs on my hands get singed when I do barbecue. So that's that's a pretty big thing. But uh, you know what I'm saying. But their robes were not scorched, and I love this, this. Is the best. There was no smell of fire on them. You know, you can be in the midst of the worst thing, and you come out on the other side, and you smell like a rose. You do. What happens? When believers hold on to what they believe, what happens when we do not compromise? What happens when we stand up for God in our society? I love this. Watch this. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar says, "Whoa, everything's going to change now. Praise be. What? Wait, wait, wait. Who's praising God now? The The, the king. Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, send his angel and rescue his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own God. Therefore, I decree, watch this that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses burned into piles of rubble, for no other God could serve this way. You, we look at the mess that our own nation is in right now, and, and it is. It's in a mess. I mean, I love America, but don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of mess going on right now. We understand that. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of degradation. There's a lot of troubles in our government. There's a lot of junk going on and, and, and you, we think, man, it's so hopeless. It just seems so hopeless. But I'll tell you something. When the people of God, you and me, when we stand up in the midst of these trials and this fights and the things, and we stand firm for God and we don't compromise, that's when God can move in, and we will be saved either through the flames or out of them. But I know that in the end, God will be vindicated, God will be praised, and God can turn a government I love this because here the kings in Nebuchadnezzar went from idol worship to serving the most high God in one moment. Yeah, right. And you think it's hopeless for our nation. We've gone past the point of no return. I don't think so. We've already had two Great Awakenings in this country. Three is God's perfect number. I think we're poised for a third Great Awakening. But it's going to take the people of God getting busy with praying and drawing near to God and getting after it and deciding to no longer live those lives of compromise where we're just fudging a little bit and, and just you know playing around the edges of the pool. We're going to have to dive in deep to Jesus Christ and go for everything we believe if we want to see things delivered into a place of what God has for our country. I'm telling you today, we'll be saved and we will be delivered either through the flames or, or, or in them. It doesn't matter. We can't lose. <laughs> we either go to heaven or, or things change, right? It's just perfect. Worship team, come on back up. Here's the point of my message. It's time to draw a line in the sand, so to speak. Young and old people hear me today. It's time to put away all forms of compromise in our lives and live boldly for Christ. I want to persist in a course of action, doing the right thing no matter what, so that we may face, uh, no matter what we face, we will stand firm. This is what God has for us. So hang on, hold on, get a tight grip of Jesus, uh, onto Jesus in your life. And the storms and trial will, will come, but He who uh, holds on firm to the end, the Bible says, will be saved. There is another in the fire for sure. There's another in the fire. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. There's another in the fire. When we go through life in the right way, Jesus ends up being revealed. He, be, he ends up showing up. He ends up being seen by others. Do you understand? It, it, do you understand that Jesus the God was already with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego outside of the fire? Right? But, but when they went through the troubled times, He was revealed to others. See what I'm saying here? So when we go through trials, and face tr- troubled times in our lives in the right way, Jesus is revealed to others. I was talking to someone this last week. I'm finishing with this. They said they were having trouble hearing from God in their lives, and, and, that, 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 and there was this important decision they had to make, and it was like, and, and they weren't hearing God. And I asked, well, why do you think you're not hearing God? And this person said to me, well, it, it's, it's because I just haven't been as close to Him as I need to be. I just haven't been. And I haven't been spending time in the Word like I know I should. And I haven't I haven't been praying like I know I should. And I said, well, well, I said, first of all, I want you to know, and you need to remember this always, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's good that you feel bad about those things, but if they, if if the fact that you haven't been in the Word and you haven't been praying, you haven't been living the life you know that you should be living, if that makes you feel condemned and, and pushes you away from God, that's not what God wants. And I said, but I'm glad that you're feeling the way you are, because it's convicting you and it's drawing you to God, and you you're choosing now to to draw close to him so that you can hear his voice and you know you need that. And you you here today, all of us, we may feel like we're going through the fire alone, but but it's just not true. And, and like the song we sang either earlier, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. It's true. Maybe you don't see that He's with you right now. Maybe because you need to get closer to Him, but you understand He's with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So He's always with you, but you feel like, I don't see Jesus right now in the midst of this. Well, maybe it's just time to start getting some of that stuff taken care of so the relationship is closer. He is not distancing Himself from us. It's us who have put things between us. There's stuff that gets between us. But again, this song that we sang earlier, we're going to sing again now, this Another in the Fire. There's a space between, but it's getting thinner. It's getting thinner. And so as we get closer, as I get closer, Brent will be God. As I get closer to God, I can hear Him better and better. And when I'm going through trials, if I'm getting closer to God, I can see what He's up to. And He works through my life, and that will happen with all of us. There's another in the fire for sure. And he's, He's your God, He's with you. So, I ask you at the end here, how about you? What are you doing with the time God has given you in your life? What are you doing with that time? What would happen if the people of Praise Center would just decide, you know, we're going to be all in this year? We're going to keep on pressing. We're going to be people of worship and praise unto God. We're going to continue to pursue. And I love that we're doing this Bible study tonight, but let's not just say, hey, we're going to do Bible study on Sunday night and the rest of the week we're just figuring, oh, we'll just skate through. No, what if we began every day? to increase our time with the Lord and spend time with Him? What if we would pray regularly and worship Him and read His Word? What if we would fast regularly? What if we would really get after it? What do you think we could do? I tell you what we could do. We could change our world. And the things that you feel distant from God where you're not hearing His voice, you'll begin to hear His voice more. And things that you feel like you're going through alone, you'll suddenly realize there's another in the fire. He's with you. He's with you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Praise Center's Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PrayCenterOnline.com.